Don't be an idiot. Changed my life. Expecting the minimum, the minimum, the minimum. That's a formula I can live by. Don't be an idiot. Get up and do better. Two imperfect pastors trying to figure it out. Jake, I have a confession. <laughs> oh, yeah. Starting out heavy. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, my kids have listened to the podcast. And the other day, they quoted it back at me. What? Did they quote me? Is that what's I don't remember what it was. <laughs> I don't remember the quote. I was just like, and they started doing the, the theme song. So, uh, yeah, we're sticking somewhere, even if it's just in my own kid's head. So. In Michigan and in Caleb's house. <laughs> yeah, That's where we're at. Perfect. I love it. Anyway, we're in part four of a five-part series talking about different predators of the faith, meaning what uh, in our culture takes and eats people's faith, what destroys people's faith. And we've looked at biblical illiteracy, and that was honestly a hot topic for me. That's one that that can uh, trigger me, and I think that's so important. And that, to me, is the number one, and, and we'll keep talking about that. The second one we addressed... Uh, was pretty intellectually heavy, and, and there's thousands of books talking about it, but the problem of evil, and and Christians, we have to have a answer for the problem of evil, and it's there. We have the best answer. We are the only ones We with. shouldn't be scared to yeah, answer that. Lean into this. This should not be anything we allow uh, anybody we love or care about to eat their faith. Uh, last week, we talked about hypocrisy, and uh, this one's hard, hard for me uh, as we, as we talk about and think about hypocrisy, just because it's real, it's true. None of us perfectly live out what we claim to uh, live by. And, and so there's some real truth there. Uh, But it also seems like that's a bit of a boogeyman at times where people can just throw that one out there and and, and wipe everybody away. Be like, oh, Christian's a bunch of hypocrites. That one seems to have the simplest answer. It does. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Today, well, you've got a don't be an idiot story to introduce us to this. And and for once, we're not giving an idiot story. Well, really, because we couldn't come up with one. I even tried to look back and come up with like times that I ran for any kind of school office or anything. It could yeah, be a so, dumb story. So let me just say the the issue, the predator today is a politicized faith. Uh, yeah. So with that being said. Uh, yeah, I, I would start, Caleb. I think there's this false belief, you know, uh, I my first vote possible would have been in 2008. Mm. Uh, so it would have been, uh, yeah, Obama, McCain at that point. Uh, that and, would have also been my first vote. Yeah, just just the way it landed, and uh, I think it was. I've always felt like, man, is this as contentious as it's always been? And it seems like the temperature has r- only risen since then. Uh, I mean, for terrible things being said about all of the mm-hmm. candidates before and after. Uh, I, th- I think that at least because of the rise of social media and the internet, I think in 2020 it seemed to come to a head then. Mm. But there was a funny thing uh, about. I think one of the most famous country stars ever. Yeah. I I couldn't come up with someone who I thought would be more popular than this guy. And I get this out of the book that we're getting a lot of these things from called death to deconstruction, where it's helping to combat these, these enemies. Uh, It's about Garth Brooks. Uh, Yeah. 
he would be. Yeah, growing up where I, I mean, did, I loved Garth Brooks. You know what I mean? Yeah. I could send fr- I could sing Friends in Low Places to you right now, <laughs> word for word. Is that coming at me? Like, uh, for, yeah, I, yeah. I'm one of your friends in low places. <laughs> yeah. Uh, blame it all on my boots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't want me to do that. It's no, not karaoke no, no. day. I, I, I would uh, like maybe a podcast at some point. Yes. Jake's karaoke. <laughs> maybe not. Uh, so in 2020. Okay. Uh, uh, set the stage. Yeah. So it would have been then Hillary... Uh, versus Trump. No, no, nope. that was 2016. Yep. It would have been uh, at the rise of, you know, when everyone was, it was COVID, Trump, yep. Biden. Biden. Uh, I don't think we need a play, I think anyone who yeah. was yeah, self- 2020. It was, was aware. A, yeah. There was understands the so tumultuous much going times. on. Yeah. So much going uh, on. Riots, you know, mm-hmm. mandates, mm-hmm. all these crazy things. Yeah. Uh, well, Garth Brooks uh, was in... Detroit. He was in mm. Detroit. He was he was in Michigan, and he's wearing a jersey. Mm. Uh, he was trying to pay tribute to an athlete. Well, so we won't we won't give it away. See if you know. <laughs> but the jersey said had the number twenty on it. It's twenty twenty, and the name Sanders. Mm. Now, Caleb, you're Detroit Lions. You yeah. were an you're an ex Detroit Lions fan yes. from Michigan, uh, recovering, uh, <laughs> recovering, <laughs> recovering. But any Detroit fan. Yeah. Anyone who grew up in the 90s, really, if yeah. I asked you, give me a top five running back of all time, you're going to say. Oh, Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders. Hey, you as an Okie. He was from. I mean, I know, I know you're not a. Oklahoma State oh, fan. You're, you're not a. Uh, yeah. You're but not an Oklahoma State fan, but that's where he went. So he, he was, tore. He tore everybody up. Yeah, he was so good. Retired so early. Like, could it, like, the only thing he doesn't really have is the, the ring. Anyway. Or wins. <laughs> anyone who's in the sports world. I, I mean, this isn't dropping the name Michael Jordan. Um, but. It's one tier down from that. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in, in Detroit. Detroit. Wearing a Lions jersey. Yeah, he was wearing a jersey that said 20. Now, at the same time, Bernie Sanders. Mm. Uh, known also as- known for blue. <laughs> yes, a little socialist, a little, <laughs> little left leaning there. A little lot. Little uh, lot. Was running for president. So. Yes. Uh, it wasn't the people outside of Garth Brooks fans, it was Garth Brooks fans that lost their ever-loving minds. Up and down, they started posting things like, stop being political, stick to music. This was the height of like, everyone was on a a hairpin trigger just trying to like cancel anyone. Mm. Uh, Hot take here. The right cancels just like the left cancels. Mm -hmm. We just do it. We just, we, they just tend to do it with... uh, they're just not going to spend their money, and it seems to be yeah, a little bit more effective. Uh, yeah, rip and so many other things. I, so I love my parents to death, but they've been trying to cancel Disney <laughs> since I was born. Uh, they almost did it too. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they were close. Yeah, uh, but Barry Sanders, being a well-known and beloved athlete, like he just got caught up in the storm of politicized just everything. Mm. Caleb. I have, I think, bigger feelings about this predator than you do, personally. Yep, uh, partly because I'm confused. <laughs> yeah, well, I actually think it's personality types. Like, I just don't like it when people are just... It just seems like people are being mean, Caleb. Can I be honest <laughs> with you? I'm being a little soft you, there. You want people to be nice? I just want people to be nice. And and understanding who I'm sitting across from, that he might come after me. Uh, but I think but, this is a legitimate predator to the faith yeah can you explain wh- why is this a predator to the faith why is this one th- that's uh, i'm going to explain it as a youth pastor first and then i'm going to explain it maybe yeah. a little personally no, because i i watch students come out of high school around this time 
And then I remember being a student coming out of high school around the Obama era too. And I think the noise is so loud that it distracts and pulls you. And we talked about this a little bit. It forces you to think that you have to have a finalized opinion. And by the time that you realize you're off track really far, the noise has been so loud, you're so far off track that you don't feel like you can get back. What, what do you mean by off track? Off track mm-hmm. of what I think as a Christian really matters, the work of the church. Okay. Because I think the politicized faith, if you would, can draw you away from, anytime you put anything with your faith, I think it's dangerous. And I think if you're not focused on the things of faith, the things of the church, the things that Jesus has called you to do, and you're aligning with any single thing, then that is not what Jesus is trying to actually accomplish and what you as a Christian are supposed to accomplish. I think this is going to attack your faith. So do you think you can be a Christian in our culture, in our culture, uh, obviously, and, th- and I think this is maybe some of where my tension comes in is that the New Testament, actually all of the, the scripture is not written to a republic, is not written to a democracy, is not written to people who have a say in how things are run. You can talk, uh, you can look at the Old Testament and it, and it does have a lot more, but that's a theocracy where God was the one who everybody acknowledged that God is supposed to be the one running our country now. Uh, I'm reading personally in Jeremiah right now, and he's condemning strongly uh, the kings, the priests, and the prophets. But they have the word of God that the country knew to follow. The New Testament was largely written to, uh, well, the Roman world, where Rome was a dictatorship. It's at at that time what the emperor said go. They... uh, uh, I'm going to get this wrong, but several of the emperors claim to be divinity. Like we have, we have a divine right. We are your God. Uh, uh, Rome would have been that emperor is yeah. Lord. Like that was a thing. And so saying Jesus is Lord for the early church was a huge thing. So I think for me, part of this dilemma comes in is that we don't have scriptural examples or, or guidance for what does it mean to be a Christian in a republic. So let me ask you, do you think you can be a Christian and not be political in our country? No. And in that, I think that to live in our country means, you know, the things that you buy, the things that you eat, the things you consume, the media you consume. I think inherently you're going to be political in the decisions you're making. But where I think that we get in trouble is when our Christianity and our political alignments are at the same value, uh, or at the same value weight. Mm. Um, I think Jesus was inherently political for many reasons. Mm -hmm. One, he lived in a theocracy, as you just said, right? Uh, The governing powers were claiming... That they were the voices of God, you know. Or, or, yeah, well, and he lived in a in an incredible tension there because the Jewish people wanted, in theory, to follow God's laws and God's rules, but it was in tension with Rome, uh, this this uh, dictatorship. Um, so there was a ton of political tension in Jesus' day and age. Um, but for us, in a in a republic where we vote. And yeah, we're, we're all, and, and we also vote with our, our money and how we spend our funds. That's what I mean. I think, I don't think you can get away from being political. Okay. Because I think politics and I, it depends on how you define it, but in everything that you're doing, you're mm-hmm. casting some kind of vote. 
Okay, so how does this get to be a negative thing? I, I guess I'm still... Here, here's where I saw it, and here's okay. where my frustration yeah, yeah. comes. I, and, and maybe I'm wrong here, and maybe I'm just being a big feeler here and need to calm down a little bit, but it seems to me that Christianity, and I'm going to say it, Republicanism, or being a Republican, were the same thing. Okay. And I think that in the church specifically, I, I'm not going to speak to culture, because I think culture... Of course, they That's do. It's its own thing. It's its own yeah, thing. Yeah. I think in the church specifically, I was sometimes confused with people. Wait, wait, wait. Are you making a political statement? Or are you making a Jesus statement here? Like, like, why are you concerned about this? Because mm. your political party is telling you to be concerned about this, or because Jesus would be concerned about this? Mm. I think if you read Jesus long enough, he has something to say about everything. <laughs> generally speaking, right? Like, um. The way you organize your time, you spend your money, who mm-hmm. your relationships are. Mm-hmm. Um, he, the Bible even has to say stuff about how your relationship with your government works. Mm. Has a mm-hmm. lot of those things. So, in and that, like, we're going to be mixed in. And you know, we talked about here. Like, I don't necessarily want to make a a claim for any political political party, but I do think in certain times, certain political parties lean towards Christian values and morals and things like that, and and, and that's fine. But. I saw people yelling about a political party, and I'm like, man, if you yelled half as loud mm. for the gospel and for the kingdom of God, what would you actually be accomplishing? Mm. Uh, I, ha- I had a, a guy come to me and want to come in and, and essentially teach civics or mm. government to the youth group. Mm. I don't think it's a bad thing to teach civics and yeah, government. Yeah. I think you should. Yeah, you should know how our government works. People don't know enough. Mm-hmm. The fact that you're like, oh, wait, I thought there, there, people heard you say republic and you're like, oh, I thought we were democracy. They're not going <laughs> to understand. Like, I pledge allegiance to the United States of, you know, like, the, the, republic the republic isn't, to the republic. For, like, for which it's, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to look different. But mm. I get frustrated when the first thing that someone should know about you from, from what you're standing for is Jesus, mm. not a political person, a political party. Am I am I clarifying it yeah, all? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think where this is, I, this is super easy to do stereotypically, but just maybe as a challenge to well to anybody, I, I, younger people, scroll through your own Instagram posts. Older people scroll through your Facebook page. <laughs> and by the way, I am Facebook, not Instagram. That's just because I'm lazy and don't want to learn new social media, but. Just look through your own posts and what are you preoccupied thinking about would be a great test. I think where I've seen this from the outside a little bit more, this politicized faith, is where you see people posting constantly information uh, or, or their opinions or memes, which I love memes. I am all for the meme game, but that's all politically oriented. And that's your public persona. And and it's not Christ, because that's not, not Christ. <laughs> I think if we're honest, if we look at the teachings of Jesus, I can find a teaching of Jesus that's offensive to both sides. And I'm Absolutely. talking Republican or Democrat. Absolutely. I can find something that's that Jesus, and then you'd be like, oh... Uh, that isn't a line. Yeah. No, okay. That's where that's where I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. A line with Jesus. Uh, yeah, I, there's enough teachings of Jesus, like you said, to, to make 
every political view uncomfortable. And yeah. that includes my own. I grew up in a church where VBS, where we marched the American flag down the aisle, so on the stage of the Pledge of Allegiance before we got into the Bible. Interesting. It always frustrated me. Mm. Uh, and now as an adult, I, I would not do that as a pastor. Mm. But someone's going to listen to this and be like, Jake hates America and the Pledge of Allegiance. That's not what I'm saying. Like, no. I care deeply about our country. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I like to think I'm a patriot. Like, I, I, am, I want to be that. You know what I mean? I, I want to, I, I think the American, you know, what's it called? The American uh, project, not the project, the uh, experiment. Experiment. The American experiment. Is the greatest government experiment in the history of the world. Yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and what I would say is it's led to more human flourishing. It's created yes. more life and life abundance. All of that's true. Which is a biblical value. The problem comes in is when you start to conflate the mission of the church, yes. which is setting people free spiritually. Yes from the mission of our country, which is to create human, I, I think the mission of our country, uh, to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, to step back and allow people to pursue their own freedom. Yeah. It's in the Declaration of Independence, right? But, I, have, I have written here, becoming too concerned with the political point of view can distract you from the core business of the church. That's kind of what you're saying. That's exactly. Yeah. And I, we actually have, uh, just this past summer, we had a really poignant example of this. And we're not saying anything bad about this organization or this either organizations here involved but i would uh, freely give my money to this organization and not uh, feel bad so we'll we'll say blue star mothers yeah okay uh it's an organization that uh is moms uh supporting soldiers that are deployed overseas american soldiers yeah everything about it's great uh we by the way full disclosure we as a church send gift boxes to our deployed soldiers uh here uh we just did a couple of weeks ago at Faith in Action. Uh, the, yes. The, the, if you're a deployed soldier from our church, <laughs> your box is probably on the way. We love you. We want to encourage that. Blue Star Mothers is a great organization. But what, what was the issue that we ran the into? The issue here? was that at this camp uh, that, we, that we went to for our uh, kids camp, they did for missions, they supported missions Blue Star Mothers. specifically is what, Caleb? Like- missions is what is the mission of the church. And the mission of the church is to make disciples who make disciples of all nations. So instead of sending the money to a missionary somewhere preaching the gospel, yes. to a church plant in an unreached people group, all of our options. Yeah, yeah, or a- any other type of missions organization, uh, relief work that's proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. Christian pregnancy centers. Uh, Christian our, pregnancy our centers. Did that the year before. Yeah. yeah um, Tra- training kids uh, the year before they they did it on on how to uh, yeah. share the gospel and uh, did it that they raised funds uh, to get these Bibles delivered to a closed country. Incredible! All of it is awesome. But instead of doing that, I think maybe because some of the theme was uh, <laughs> I started talking the theme Base, uh, uh, basic training. basic training basic training a great a great biblical idea put on the full armor of God it was fun for yeah, the it was kids. Cool. So they went with a military, an American military-themed idea. And again, Blue Star Mothers, great organization. That is not the mission of the church, though. That's not, that's not what we're all about. But all of those kids there that week now conflated supporting soldiers with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It leads to a dangerous ideology, I think, 
been called uh, Christian nationalism, mm. where to be Christian is to be American and be to be American is to be Christian. And it, and it connects them in such a way that you can't separate them. I'm not saying that you cannot be Christian and American and have right. a patriotic, excited, like all, all of that. I'm just saying like, I want to say this carefully, long after America yes. ceases to exist, God will be on the throne. Mm. The, the verse, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of God endures forever. Yes. And like, that's not going to change. Um, I, I, I think to Christians, and I, and I fall into this, we think because we live in a republic, because we live in the world and the culture we do, we think, man, if we really want to see change and affect change, we have to get extremely political mm-hmm. and go to the inside and begin to change it that direction. Mm. Uh, because that is a method of change that can see the, results. The squeaky wheel gets mm-hmm. the grease, you know, all, all of that. I have this quote from Death to Deconstruction that, you know, this guy wrote. It says, when mm-hmm. the world around you, especially the news media and social media, in which so many are deeply entrenched, listen, deeply entrenched, bombards you with unending life and death propaganda, it seems hard to believe that Jesus taught us to change the world in obscurity, mm-hmm. quietly living out his commands as the family of God, the church. Mm-hmm. Christians, if you want to see your world changed for positive, as a Christian, being associated with a political party is not the way that God has called you to do that. He has called you to do that through self-sacrifice mm. and, and obscurity. Read the first Thessalonians. I see you got it pulled up there, Caleb. Let's, I love this verse because I'm going to have you quote it and then I'm going to well, paraphrase it. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, can I do one of the verses? Please do, yeah. Uh, th- so this, I, I just had the opportunity to preach over this passage a couple of months ago, Psalm 118. And and it struck me because this is w- what we do as Christians. And it's it's a psalm, I, I won't go into all that, but it, it says it is better. This is Psalm 118, verse 8. It is better to take refuge in the Lord. And, and what I want to say there is it's better to look to him for hope. Is, is, the, is the point he's making in context. It's better to look to the Lord for hope than to trust in man. And then it says, it is better to take refuge in the Lord. Okay. It's better to look to the Lord for hope than to trust in princes. And, and again, the, the whole point there is that don't look to people, individuals. Don't yeah. look to heroes for your for, for change, for, for your hope, for your peace, for your security. And don't look to the political system. Don't look to princes, which is the, uh, the parallel for us is the yeah. political system. And then, th- and then p- partnered with this verse uh, in First Thessalonians 4, uh, verse 11 says, and, and this is, I remember when I read this and, learned, and, and heard this, and I was like, because at the time I was in high school and college and, and I'm like, oh, I want to change the world. I want to mm-hmm. do amazing things. And and everybody was reinforcing that. Every high schooler, I think, leaving most uh, wants to go, doesn't want to not make a difference. Yeah. And, and you're told everywhere, make a difference. Do something with your life. Don't waste your life. Uh, it's a great book. Uh, but then I read this verse and I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't know how to process through this. And it says this in First Thessalonians 4. So this is, sorry, context. Paul writing to 
the Thessalonian church. Please don't apologize for giving context to the Bible. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, the sure. only way we can understand. <laughs> yeah. Apologize for taking it out of context. Yeah, Sure, absolutely. But he's telling them, and aspire, or another version says, make it your ambition. Mm-hmm. Aspire to live quietly, to mind your own affairs, or mind your own business, <laughs> and to work with your hands as we instructed you so that you may walk properly before outsiders and be dependent on no one. Keep your mouth shut. Mind your business. Go to work. Go to work. And like, oh. Uh, oh, the Netflix documentary uh, that was about getting sucked into the social media, social, the, the social, social dilemma, talked about the intensifying of radical, radicalization of America's youth and young people because what we're seeing is propaganda just you're being shoved in your face all the time Mm -hmm. news and social media and like the worst stories and it comes from all sides all Mm -hmm. sides do this Mm -hmm. they get you to believe that man this is the most important like you have to take a stance Mm -hmm. and then once they get you on a side they then trick you into believing that ours is the only right Mm -hmm. way and then you get so radicalized to one side that you begin to dehumanize the person on the other side and then all of a sudden you're so far away from what jesus has called you and how to treat other people Mm. you you said something earlier that i thought was so good i'm gonna mess it up so correct me but if you want to know how to act as a christian as a political party be able to look at the other side yeah the person you hate the most on the other political side and look at them and say they need the love of jesus that they are God's image bearers. They were created in the same way you were. Like They're God's image and likeness. Can, can I be honest with you, Caleb? I get sick to my stomach when I think, can someone walk into our church believing something different politically and exist together with us? Mm. I, I, I want to say, yes, everyone is welcome. Not, like I said, guys, I'm not mm-hmm. saying that certain views and beliefs don't line up certain directions like if you talk to me privately i think we can have a conversation about where i line up politically but goodness gracious like caleb i want someone to know i'm about jesus Mm. before i'm about any other thing yeah and that fires me up because i think it does draw people And and i think depending on what generation you're talking to they demonize and dehumanize the other side i think all generations do. Yeah, yeah, depending on where you're looking. Yeah, yeah, like, and that's been something of all time. Like, there, mm-hmm. this is, we, in preparation for this, looked up uh, bad political slogans because we thought that would be funny. They were so wildly inappropriate, we couldn't share them. And they go back hundreds, uh, hundreds, a hundred years. Yeah. Like, they're not new. And we're not that far removed from where political powers just murdered mm-hmm. their enemies so that they stayed in political power. <laughs> we're not yeah, that far removed right. from that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's what happened. And so one of the biggest dangers that we both recognize, well, a couple of years ago, we did uh, a Bible hour. This is the first time series. we taught together, Caleb. Yeah. That our voices, cool. that people began to put our voices together. It was yeah. kind of fun to think about. That That is fun. And we did it in a really fun way that I've re- tried, tried to think to of how we, yeah. could re- we could recreate it. Uh, really, we presented the dissenting. One of us presented the dissenting, the the opposition <laughs> yeah, yeah. viewpoint, if you were, and then gave the um, audience, I don't know, but uh, the, those that were there, the chance to try and refute the arguments presented. Uh, and then the 
the second, the other one came in and, and said, here's the biblical perspective. Here's the, the truth answer. Yeah. So essentially we were talking about homosexuality. One of yep. us would take a stance and the other would argue against that stance. Yeah. So and, it ruffles, ruffles some feathers because someone would be like, depending on what day it was, Caleb or I would be taking what they thought was an unchristian stance <laughs> because it didn't often yeah. ag- agree with their political point. Oh man, like now I'm getting fired up again. So, uh, and exposing how most of us don't have great answers to these questions that they would. Yeah, that, that was the goal. Yeah. That, uh, well, in the conversation of that homosexuality, and we were talking about that in outside of sexuality, what else becomes a core self-identifying marker? Because absolutely sexuality. You f- are who you sleep with. And that's such a big cultural... I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm saying culture screams culture that. Culture believes this. Uh, what sex you are, who you have sex with. How that, you identify. Yes. It's all about your sexuality. To the point of where it blinds yeah. you from actually what should be going on. Like anyone who's in a committed marriage relationship realizes that sex is not the identifier of that relationship. Yeah. I don't meet somebody and, and be like, yeah, I'm, I'm heterosexual. Like that's never once come up in <laughs> yeah, any yeah. conversation. Uh you know, that that's not, but for those who identify in this way, that is one of the, it's a dangerous, it's thing. a huge, uh, do you remember this conversation we had? We were mm-hmm. stacking chairs, Caleb. Yeah. When you were like, you challenged me. Cause I was like, I, you know, I, we, we were kind of teasing this and you were like, what would be another identifier mm-hmm. like this? And you came up with one. I said, I think political parties. Mm. And I couldn't refute it. And Caleb, I think I can count on one hand where I, where he, I almost ended the conversation argument, whatever he you want to call it. He might dropped it. He might dropped it. I'll yeah. give it to him. Because Caleb was like, like he, he came back and we we discussed it and we, we you know, it's not, the, it's not the exact same. There are a lot of things that aren't the yeah. same. Oh yeah. It's, it's very different in how it looks, but in the, it becomes your primary identity. Uh, there's, I, I would still stand by sexuality and politics. We haven't come up with a third one yet. No. And I think we've tried. And, a and yeah, times. so if you have a third thing that like, hey, this becomes in our culture. I, I'm not speaking to other cultures, other times, other places. Right now, in our world today, sexuality and politics. And there is one side of the political aisle that sexuality is the identifying thing, and there's one side of the political aisle that politics becomes the identifying thing, typically. Um, and it's it's just as dangerous in either direction. To choose anything other than Jesus Christ as your identity. I'm reminded of uh, Exodus and uh, Moses showing up to a very political uh, culture where Pharaoh was God. Mm, literally. And Man, it was that. all political issues. Like the reason they had the slaves were because they were, they were building an economy based on this. Mm-hmm. And God tore that down. And anytime we lift anything up above Jesus, above God in our life, God help us all. Absolutely. Uh, and I hope you're listening to this and I hope, and hope, I hope it strikes a nerve because mm. I want you to ask yourself, like, do people, do I get as fired up about my faith and sharing Jesus with other people as I do about sharing my political points of view? Yeah. That's a huge check for me because I do deeply care about politics. And I think as you should. And, and yeah. I think there's absolute... Uh, better and absolute destructive ways of of forming governments and politics and, and, and whatnot and terrible choices that have long-term implications that lead to human, real human suffering. 
but none of that matters in compared to my identity in Christ. That is where we need to be landing. So Mm -hmm. can I end with the screw tape letters quote? Absolutely. Uh, If you haven't read the screw tape letters, it is a haunting Mm. uh, view into how, you know, C.S. Lewis writes this from the point of view of two demons, essentially trying Mm. to lead followers astray. Mm. Uh, He's not, he's not an American. C.S. Lewis was, he was British. So he was living in a different political climate, different culture. It says, let him begin. This is the demons talking. Let him begin by treating the patriotism as a part of his religion. So what's happening is a demon is trying to mentor another demon, how to lead other people astray. Mm. Then let him under the influence of partisan spirit, come to regard it as the most important part. Provide that meetings, pamphlets, policies, movements, causes, and crusades matter more to him than prayers and sacraments and charity. He is ours and the more religious and the more securely ours. I could show you a pretty cageful down here. So what he's saying is like, this is an easy way to lead people astray. Get them caring more about the pamphlets and policies and movements and causes than the things of the Lord. Mm. This is why it's a predator of the faith. Yeah. Guys, thanks so much for listening. Uh, one more of these. This is a fun one. To ha- I would love to have a conversation with you about because I think there are probably older and wiser people that have dealt with this that are mm-hmm. figuring this out. I, I would love to hear mm-hmm. hear from you. So until then, we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.